Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to AutoLine Daily and TGIF. And now let's move on to today's top stories. In an effort to spur the sales of electric and other zero emission vehicles, governors from eight U.S. states signed a memorandum of understanding to help create the infrastructure needed for those types of vehicles. But very tellingly, this agreement does not commit them to spend any money. Even so, their goal is to get 3.3 million zero-emission cars on those states' roads by 2025. The states involved are California, New York, Massachusetts, Maryland, Oregon, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Of course, we're seeing governments trying to force the sale of electric cars because those pesky consumers just don't seem to be going along with the program. And that's especially true in China, which once had grandiose plans to dominate EV technology. But EV sales in China are going nowhere. So now Volkswagen, which is the biggest automotive brand in China, says it has no plans to sell electric cars there. Instead, Joachim Heitzman, the CEO of VW China, speaking at the Global Automotive Forum last week, says they're going to offer plug-in hybrids instead. He says battery electrics face problems in extreme hot and cold weather, and that's one reason why VW has no plans to sell them there. Instead, he says they'll offer a plug-in in every segment of the market, starting with the Porsche Panamera plug-in. Earlier this month, John Krafcek, the CEO of Hyundai America, predicted that October sales could drop by as much as 10% due to the U.S. government shutdown. But it looks like the market may be more resilient than everyone expected. Sales forecasts from Kelly Blue Book, Edmonds, and J.D. Power now predict that sales will be up 8 to 13% this month compared to a year ago. Car sales are expected to total over 1.2 million units in October, which translates into a SAR of around 15.4 million. On Monday, we showed you a teaser video clip of the new BMW 2 Series, but you could hardly tell what the car looks like. Now, we've got the full Monty, and guess what? Not much has changed from the outgoing 1 Series. Despite being slightly longer, wider, and lower, the new 2 sure looks a lot like the old 1. The biggest change is on the front fascia. The twin kidney grille has been massaged and muscled up, and the headlights and lower air intakes are more pronounced. The 228i is powered by a 240-horsepower four-cylinder engine and will carry a price tag of just over $33,000, while the top-of-the-line M version gets a 322-horsepower six-cylinder and a $44,000 price tag. The 2 Series will be first shown to the public at the Detroit Auto Show. We've shown you some of the wild concept cars that will make their debut at next month's SEMA show in Las Vegas, but this one from Honda is a little bit different. The company will be showcasing the 2014 Civic Coupe there. There's no info on the new Coupe, but Honda did give us a rear-end photo of the SI version, a perennial favorite of the enthusiast crowd. We spotted some subtle changes. The taillights have been tweaked a bit, the lower portion of the bumper has some new moldings, and the lines of the car are crisper and look more defined. 
And as soon as we get more info, we'll let you know. Coming up next, a look at how the steel industry is getting down to the molecular level to come up with lighter weight steel. Here's another great thing about the all-around performance of our Dueler tires. A comfortable, quiet ride. Oh. At Bridgestone, our passion for performance knows no bounds. On AutoLine this week, the topic is all about steel. In the following clip, Lou Hector from General Motors Research and Development Labs explains what kind of research is being done to make steel lighter. The uh, project that we have ongoing that's funded by the Department of Energy in part and then the Auto Steel Partnership and uh, through USAMP is very much focused on developing an integrated computational materials engineering modeling framework for third generation advanced high strength steels. I know okay, now explain that. I know that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, that's quite a bit. Easy to say, for you to say. Yeah, yeah. Integrated computational materials engineering or ICME is basically an approach that seeks to bring together experts in particular fields of uh, multi-scale type of modeling to bring in the relevant microstructural phenomena happening at different length scales, integrate them together to produce, for example, a material model or a constitutive model that tells uh, CAE forming engineers how the material is going to respond in response to complex loading, such as what we have to deal with in the automotive industry, but it also seeks to do one other thing. It also seeks to try to assist in the development of the material itself through better modeling technologies such that the materials are targeted towards certain performance objectives that uh, I think um, are extremely important for the automotive industry. So in the course of uh, working on this project, what we have essentially done is we've assemb assembled experts from five different universities. We have experts from the steel companies working with us, all contributing to try to develop this uh, fairly complicated modeling framework that grasps the fundamental physics, mechanics, chemistry, and material science of what going, what's going on in these advanced high-strength steels and try to bring that to the point where CAE forming engineers and automotive engineers in general can actually use to make predictions and then ultimately understand how to use these materials. So you're really simulating how not only the steel is made, but how it gets stamped out and welded we're, and everything? We're actually not simulating the what I call primary processing, which is deals with really how the steel is made. We're the end users of the product. We're not really into how the steel is made, at least not anymore. But what we really do is we receive the materials and then we figure out how to use them in our automobile. So it's at that stage where we receive the materials, in general a wrought product, we have to figure out how it's going to, how it's going to respond. Can we use it? Uh, can it meet our lightweighting objectives to meet the future CAFE standards, etc.? Also joining me for that show is Terry Cullum from the Auto Steel Partnership and Ron Krupitzer from the Steel Market Development Institute. And of course you can watch that entire show right now on our website at autoline.tv. But that wraps up this week's worth of shows. Have a great weekend and please join us again here on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.